Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> oh, wait. It's supposed to be Brian Oak, but it's not. It's it's Colleen Cruz welcoming you to the Brian Oak Show. Hello. Does that feel weird to say? It does. Yeah. But uh, it's a necessary thing for me to say, hi, I'm Colleen Cruz. I'm filling in for Brian Oak here on the Brian Oak Show uh, because uh, Sean, and with uh, here with Sean Bernard. Oh, hello. Uh, producer, uh, mastermind, major domo of the uh, <laughs> Brian Oak Show. I don't know what um, that means. But... I'm, I've been asked to fill in because Brian, he's not down with the Rona. No, he's not. He's not down with the Rona, but uh, he is. he's out for the count. And uh, I don't know if we can talk about this. Yeah. I'm just going to say it because I think it's something that all of us deal with from time to time. And if we haven't been dealing with it, uh, we know a family member who's been dealing with it. Um toenail fungus oh yeah and it's affected his vocal cords it is a serious serious thing uh it uh, it traveled right from his toe to his vocal cords and uh and does it travel just, along the epidermis or is it an internal travel i think there's march. some sort of major toe artery that goes directly you know like when you're listening to music your toes are connected to everything that's true yeah i don't yeah. know you know it's a, some kind of eastern western medicine thing there's a there's a chakra there mind body spirit mhm exactly live laugh love so we're wishing you the best brian and uh you know keep that toe soaking or or whatever i, I he's at some healing facility i know yeah. that he's it's it's some sort of pyramid a retreat Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he's doing an est- uh, uh, an Eastern Western approach too. I thought you were going to say estrogen. Estrogen. You don't see a lot of women with toe fungus. Uh, Is it because well, of the estrogen? I don't know. I had a similar thing. You did. I did. I did have a similar thing. I got it at the gym. Okay. And uh, I picked it up at the gym. You can get you can get toenail fungus from from everywhere. You can How get it far from... did it travel with you? Did it get to the vocal cords? Well, it did not get to the vocal cords, thank goodness. But it did affect my ability to tap dance, which I don't that's know if you knew this. I was like, it was. I lost my ability, and I was paralyzed from the ankles down for about six oh, months. Man, that's yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I could actually stand. I had special shoes. I could stand, yeah. and I could. And I could do everything, but uh, rubber soles. Um, yeah, they were. You know, they looked like Crocs, but oh, yeah. more like um, high resolution Crocs. Yeah, like thigh high Crocs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Okay, just to let you know. All right, so so I, I hope it. Uh, hope hope everything goes well for Brian. Yeah, but so this is I'm like, till further notice, you'll be here until we know that he's better. Till we get the. All I guess clear. if I do an okay job. Well, I might fuck it up. Uh, well, there's always know, that chance. We don't have a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, I can fuck up. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. we encourage it All on right. the Brian Oak show. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad to be here uh, here in the time of uh, of Corona, talking into a microphone. Because what the hell else am I doing? Nothing. <laughs> Not a damn thing. What do you you've, you told me you've got something going on though you're gonna you're gonna go out and, and do things this weekend you're I gonna am, like I am I'm going to go to a social distance concert of one of my favorite bands from the eighties the suburbs so they're playing up in Saint Michael uh, and people are encouraged to wear their masks and bring their lawn chairs and it's going to be 135 degrees mm-hmm. um, so my, one of my uncles who's just six years older than I am because I have a Catholic family and sure. 
we breed. That's what we do. Yeah, like um, hamsters. Like hamsters, except for there's no wheel. Like like guilty, guilty hamsters. Yeah, that hold a grudge. Because right. we're Irish Catholic and German Catholic. Drunk, so. guilty <laughs> exactly. hamsters. Exactly. Yeah. I just, that's all I'm going to picture now tomorrow on the show. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to go up and see the show, but, but here's how you know you're getting older mm. because we already did the, you know, it's going to be really hot. Can we both have an exit plan that we just say to ourselves, okay, this is stupid. That's <laughs> like, very Lutheran of you. Yeah, that is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, there were a couple of Protestants that snuck in okay. along the way. Cause I remember anytime I went to church, we always had to sit in the back row. Just an easy exit. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. He's that in the very I back row. I love that. It was kind of like, Irish too, the Irish goodbye, where you just, you don't even say you just goodbye, disappear. You're, just, you're just gone. Like Captain Flag from from MASH, remember yeah. that guy? Like the wind. From MASH? I, I don't remember that guy. Captain and I, We Flag? watched it, it was like required that you finish whatever your, was on your plate for dinner and that you would be watching MASH with mm-hmm. the family. So I always watched MASH. Oh, Google, YouTube some some Captain Flag scenes. You'll I love will, it. I it, will indeed. It'll, it'll all come back. So today we're going to talk with a friend of mine who is, so hey today, we've got yeah. a very exciting guest. A very exciting guest because what's going on in the world? I don't know what's going on in the world unless you turn on a dang tv and it's like uh, uh trump commercials and anti-trump commercials oh. and all this uh, uh so i don't have i don't have commercial television I've, I've got one of the newfangled rokus oh yeah but i have a i have a uh, hulu and i get to see commercials on hulu and we've i i get to see uh it's like minnesota against trump commercials i am not a trump fan and god bless those of you who are because i'm sure that you'll need uh I don't know, some soft food, maybe a helmet, uh, something, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like uh, maybe listening to actual science is, oh. is very difficult for you. And, and uh, you know, just I, my thoughts and prayers are with you because thoughts, uh, and prayers. thoughts and prayers are with you. But so I'm not a Trump fan and I'm ready to hear an anti-Trump message. And I'm looking at these commercials and I'm going, Ugh, what? And it's just a person. The sound isn't very good. And they're saying it's just a girl at a computer, and she's like, "Wait a minute, Trump says a seventy-year-old guy is a is a mastermind spy. <laughs> I can't believe that." Oh no, it's like bad. And then cable it shows access. her right, and it shows her googling something, and then it just flashes Minnesota against Trump. And oh. I thought, first of all, I thought, "Hey, did they pay for somebody to write that?" Ugh. Or maybe it was improv, like this show. I, I'm guessing either improv or low budget. Right. So, but you were telling me there's Trump commercials. I haven't seen any Trump well, commercials Well, their whole at all. deal is to take advantage of the uh, misleading abolish the police department. And, and most people I know, they're not saying get rid of the Minneapolis Police Department. They're saying overhaul it dramatically. Um, certainly, right. if crime happens, we need people to serve and protect. But we all have to admit that it's totally screwed up. The training screwed up. The inside boys club bullshit that's been happening for years needs to go away. And it needs to be revamped. That's very different than the message that's coming from... uh, Or like Jason Lewis is saying, like, uh, oh, I'd like to see you take care of this or take care of that. I... I Without a police force, no one's saying that, and and no. they're meaning they want to muddy the message. That's exactly. what they want to do. They want to scare people. It's, right. it's it's the idea that fear sells, and especially in politics, they believe that if if you're afraid, 
you will vote for the other person that you think will protect you from whatever it is. If that's, fear sells, do you think that would work for food? I like, think that's a great idea. Like fear-based hamburgers? Yeah, or tater tots. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> loves tater tots. Maybe Boy. add some fear into it. <laughs> you should. Like every sixth tater tot has a needle in it. <laughs> like if you're anti-tater tot? Mm-hmm. I love this idea. <laughs> I don't Man, know. We got to start a business. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the bad advertising business. <laughs> so today's guest is uh, is pretty exciting for me. He's a political consultant and also an advertising executive and author of the book, Run the Other Way, Fixing the Two-Party System, One Campaign at a Time, Bill Hillsman, and we're going to talk about the role of entertainment and advertising in politics and how it might sway people one way or the other, or maybe not at all. Hmm. He's just a super smart guy. I have not seen him in more than 20 years, but I've met him. I've gone to lunch with Bill. It's been so long, but... He's behind a lot of great stuff that's happened uh, politically and in the ad world uh, in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. He's terrific. So before we get into our first song, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to mention Smart Start MN. They are our studio sponsor here of the Brian Oak Show. Uh, if you or anybody you know, your cousin, your uncle, your wife's best book club friend gets a DUI, uh, they are not going to be real happy. And that's going to cost them a lot of money. The way that you can earn money again is by actually having a vehicle and being able to get to your job. Well, Smart Start MN, they're the the ones that really went to the legislature and they got uh, permission to install an ignition interlock system. So you blow into the tube and then your car will actually run, assuming you don't have any alcohol in your system. Um, and it's a fantastic, it's it's fantastic. It's very affordably priced. If you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, they'll actually give you 20% off the ignition interlock uh, system. So uh, the installation. So go to that. Uh, we also have a banner on the Brian Oak Show website if you'd prefer to go through that channel. SmartStartMN, the proud sponsor of the studio that you see right here. Cruise. It's glorious. It is, isn't it? It's kind of a little bit like a clubhouse up here, I think. Mm, but. I like it. All right. We'll be back just shortly with uh, Bill Hillsman. But first, the suburbs. Come on over to our valley where boys run free. Run to the lush green meadows in your shorts. Brother John will be your guide in the summer of indescribable earthly delight.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Brian Oak Show. In for Brian Oak today, it's me, Colleen Cruz, and of course, Sean Bernard, Major Domo of The Brian Oak Show. I like the way you say my last name. You really put the em- emphasis on the erd. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you do. Is Bernard. That, well, how do you say it? <laughs> Sean Bernard. Sean Bernard. You go, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. That's all right. I'll That's get all right. it. That's I'll all get right. it. So we have, uh, we have our first guest coming up right Bill. now. Yeah, Bill Hillsman. This is great. Political consultant, advertising executive, author, all-around nice guy, and music fan. He's he's got some good picks for us today. I know today. he does. I saw him. This yeah. is good. I've actually had the uh, I've had the joy of uh, perusing Bill Hillsman's iPod years ago, oh. and my goodness, 
it's like uh, it's like the the Louvre. It's it's huge. And he didn't feel judged because some people feel very judged. It's like looking know. at their book collection on their bookshelf. Hi, Bill. Bill. Hello. Hey, did you feel judged when I looked at your iPod? No, on my iPod, on my old iPod, if somebody couldn't find something they liked, there was something wrong with them. <laughs> exactly. It was it was amazing. It was a, easily the most amazing music collection I've ever I've ever had the pleasure of of looking through. So, and you've got everything. Like you've got, you've still got albums, right? You, you're, you never got rid of your vinyl. No, I still got lots of albums. Fabulous. So, right now, I wanted to talk to you today about, uh, you know, you, you have masterminded a few campaigns in your day, right? You've worked on which campaigns have you worked on locally? Oh. Many to to count, right? Paul Wellstone's, Jesse Ventura's, uh, Sharon Sales, Belton, um, John Marty. <laughs> so I don't know, we could go on and on and on. So uh, you've you've put together some ads for those campaigns, right? Some television ads for those campaigns. Yes. Yeah. Right now, I'm seeing some really bad ads. I'm not quite. <laughs> <laughs> And then even on a national scale, like we were, uh, Trump is doing the negative thing, right? He's doing, um, he's trying to take advantage of the abolish the police thing and blow it out of proportion and create fear. Right, Bill? Yeah. I mean, it's the traditional sense of when you're behind, you better start attacking. Is that going to work? In this? Potentially. I mean, it depends on what state you're talking about and which voters you're talking about. Well, and is the strategy different in state, out state? I mean, in the Twin Cities versus out state. Um, the Twin Cities is pretty important, but it's more so the the suburban areas of the Twin Cities that are going to really make the difference. You know, if you took one point away from Hillary Clinton last time and gave it to Donald Trump, he would have won here. Really? So this is this is not uh, the Democratic state that most people think that it is. I think he only needed about 45,000 votes uh, to turn the state Republican. Um, and, it, and I think that's still within reach. I, I keep living every day feeling like I'm back in 2016 when the Democrats had this all wrapped up. Well, they felt they had it all wrapped up, but not quite. So with the negative stuff, we know that negative advertising is effective in influencing people's opinions, but isn't that reach limited I mean, you have to do a combination of, okay, here's why the other candidate is bad, and then also here's, but here's what I can do for you. So, Well, in, in most situations that's true, but when you've got two heavily disliked candidates like you had in uh, 2016, then it becomes a little bit more of a race to the bottom. Mm. Um, and nobody is better than the Trump campaign in, in a race to the bottom. So. If if the whole thing gets very, very negative and any of these charges stick against Joe Biden and Biden's campaign has to come back and start attacking Trump, uh, then you're going to have the type of campaign that really turns voters off. And you're going to see lower turnout. Uh, you will see only the partisans come out to vote. And then it becomes a matter of who has more partisans. Hmm. Oftentimes, negative advertising is used to 
suppress voter turnout. Oh, that if, makes uh, sense. If you, if you think lower voter turnout is in your interest, then you want, you want a very negative campaign. But you're trying to you're trying to make people passionate about the election, and sometimes fear can be that motivator to make them passionate to vote for your candidate by making them afraid of what the other candidate will do. So that could bring passion, but you're saying it can also bring apathy, or people just saying, "Look, I just I don't even know what to do now. I may as well just stay home." Sort of. Nobody nobody really is happy with the political situation, and they haven't been for a, a long, long time, and nobody's usually all that happy about the candidates they get to vote for. So this is a culmination of uh, years and years and years of not having very inspiring candidates. The last time we, we probably had an inspiring candidate in a presidential race was Barack Obama. So, um, and before then, you'd really have to go back quite a ways, I think. Um, probably to the first Bill Clinton campaign, and before then, you'd probably have to go back to Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So these types of inspiring candidates don't don't come down the field very often. So very often, it ends up a race to the bottom. Who do you dislike least? <laughs> that may that you just kind of blew my mind. So if it, if it's a race to the bottom, who do you like least? And that sort of feeds into general apathy, and then the that race to the bottom affects voter turnout which that, then that's where we are. So that's really the, the Trump, that's their, that's their goal right now, huh? Well, it's hard to do these things in broad strokes because you really got to think about the various target audiences that are out there. For instance, Democrats always make a big deal out of getting young people to register and vote. But the truth of the matter is in election after election after election, young people don't show up to vote. Um, it's very rare when they do, and they can change things quite a bit if they come out in droves. They they came out for Obama. They came out for Jesse Ventura in this state mm-hmm. um, a long, long time ago. Uh, but by and large, they forget that it's Election Day or something like that. On the other hand, seniors vote in almost every election. So you really have to take a look at the various different types of voters that there are when you're trying to you know, assess these types of situations. So there's not a blanket that really works across the board for all people. Some voters are issues, uh, dominated voters. They only care about a particular issue or two issues and whatever your position is on that, that's the way they're going to vote. Some voters are, are strictly party line voters. So if you have an R, it doesn't matter who you actually are after you're after your name, if you've got an R after your name, and it's a Republican lifelong voter, mm-hmm. um, whoever that person is gets that vote. What do you think the role of advertising and entertainment plays in all of this? Like, I, you know, you always hear the term liberal media, and but Fox News is obviously propaganda central. You know, it's it's there's there's plenty of propaganda and and juice on both sides. And I don't know, like when, when I look at regular TV, I was telling Sean, I don't, I don't really have regular TV anymore. I have just streaming services, so I'm not really exposed to a lot of advertising. Um, I have Hulu, so I get, um, I get just a, a, a small snippet of it. And to me, it's, it seems pretty neck and neck. It seems like everybody, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lot of 
<clears throat> like I said, a lot of juice on both sides. I don't know. Do you feel like there's a strong slant one way or the other, or is it just one huge noise machine? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, the overall feeling that I get from it is distraction. And I don't know who that helps. The Republicans understand it better right now. I mean, they, they understood digital marketing better than the Democrats did in the 2016 election. Um, and they, they understand having propaganda with a purpose. The Democrats should be much better at this because you have the really talented people in Hollywood. Most creative people are, are actually leaning Democratic. Mm-hmm. But the, rea- the reality of the situation is Democrats want total Democrats in Washington want total control over the process. So you end up getting these uh, liberal uh, Hollywood type people who probably could do great communications. I mean, they're really good. At it. But all that Democrats in Washington are really interested in is their money. They don't really want their input. In fact, those people are, are, are seen by uh, political professionals in Washington as uh People who might be able to make a, a movie or something like that that 40 million people will come out and see, but they really don't know anything about politics. Hmm. But that's, It's absurd. Yeah, right. So if you're Joe Biden right now, uh, I, I know a lot of Democrats that are kind of saying they're reluctantly voting for Joe Biden just because they absolutely have to get behind him 100% because they can't stand Trump. But why in the heck has Joe Biden not picked a VP at this point? Because you think you'd saddle up with that VP and and leverage that VP to to get people to the polls. What are your thoughts on that, Bill? Well, most of the time, a VP doesn't matter in terms of um, overall vote. Uh, so different presidential candidates pick different types of VPs um, on different types of criteria. Um, Obama, you know, Biden didn't really deliver a whole lot for Obama. Um, but what Biden was good at was governing with, with uh, Obama, who didn't have much experience in Washington when he became president. So you, you pick the vice president for various different types of reasons. The only time it really comes into play is if the vice president is from a swing state and is very popular in that particular swing state. So you're hearing uh, rumors of Biden looking at people like Senator Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin mm-hmm. as a potential VP pick. Now, normally I don't think she'd be on that sort of a shopping list, but Wisconsin is a big swing state. So she's on the list, but it takes a while. And, and really they don't in uh, times past, they, they haven't really announced the VP candidate much before the convention. And the convention was really going to be, I think this week it was supposed to occur in Milwaukee. So they're not that far behind the, the timetable. But I think a lot of people feel that because of Biden's age uh, and because they don't, you know, there are several people that I know that feel like he's slipping, you know, whether that's just positioning that's done by the right, but that he's slipping and that in this case, a VP candidate could be huge. And again, because of his age, when he'd be entering the presidency, unlike Obama, who was obviously very young when he was a president, um, the VP didn't didn't have that same role. So I, I'm just wondering what your what your thought is on that. Yeah. And, and Biden's actually come out and said that. I mean, he's come out and said he'll he'll be at least a one term president, but he doesn't know if he's going to be president beyond that. Um, but I think that that speaks to why it's taking a little bit longer too. 
this is something you really want to get right. It's not like uh, whoever Biden's vice president is, is going to be the leading contender for the Democrats um, in 2024 if Biden, for some reason, does not run again. So th- this this has to be vetted. This really has to be a um, the right pick, I think, for the country. And, and I think Biden feels that, too. Um, I think they believe that they're going to win the election. So I think he feels an added responsibility to really get this particular selection right. So you're correct. This is different from some situations in the past. Sounds good. Hey, Bill, we're going to go into a song right now. You uh, you picked two songs for us because that's what we have people do here on the Brian Oak <laughs> Show. And one of them... Um, You'd said uh, is one of your favorite singers. She could sing uh, anything in the phone book, and you'd listen to it. Do you want to tell us about this song? Um, I love Cassandra Wilson. She's she's an amazing uh, interpreter of other people's songs. Uh, her voice is very distinct. I've been listening to her for years, and um, the the song I picked for her to sing uh, is "The Weight," uh, the song by the band. And I picked that just because I think. Um, we're starting to get a little too used to all the people who are doing the the sacrificing for us. Uh, You know, we used to always go out on our our balconies and slam pots and pans. But as this thing drags on and on and on, I think uh, we're losing the appreciation that we had for all the people who are really going to work every day and taking the weight off of some of us who can work from home, who don't have to be out there all the time risking our lives. So that's why Cassandra Wilson will wait. Take a look. 
Welcome back. You're listening to The Brian Oak Show. In for Brian Oak, Colleen Cruz, and that was Cassandra Wilson with The Weight. Our guest is Bill Hillsman, political consultant, advertising executive, and author of the book, 
run the other way, fixing the two-party system one campaign at a time. That was a great song, Bill. I loved it. Her voice is just, oh, you could just dive in. It's like a pool. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best. Yeah. Easy. All right. Well, what are you up to these days in COVID, COVID land? Are you watching a lot of TV? No, no. I actually think I watched more before COVID hit. Oh, really? <laughs> there aren't, yeah, there, there's not that many programs that really ring my bell these days. So You have a fish tank? <laughs> Just watch the fish. No. <laughs> I'm sure you're working right uh, now because uh, it's campaign yeah, season. And, and I have plenty of books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I find myself reading about four different books at a time. Okay, well, that's that's one way of going. <laughs> that's one way of going about it for sure. Like a, a more a, a more quiet, introspective, and thoughtful way. I like to I like to have a giant screen, and I like to have a, a little screen in front of me, and then I like to have a little screen on the side. So, like, if I have four screens going on, what's that? When the weather's nice, when the weather's nice, you can take a book and go read it anywhere. You don't have to drag your fifty-two inch. TV screen with you. So what you're saying is you've been going outside. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Like, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I think I'm like that baby in the in the Matrix now. I'm just used to having a thousand different screens and in, in a nutrition tube like hooked up to the back of my neck, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's going to be my life from now on. I'll just be a, a replicant so that others can live. Maybe the one percent. You know, and they can just take nutrients out of my body. There's a book in there somewhere. Mm, or not. I don't <laughs> or know. not. Hey, Bill, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. We can do it again closer to the election if you want to. I would love that. Thank you so much. And the second song that you're picking is from a fantastic local artist. Tell us about uh, why you picked this song by the Jayhawks. I don't know which one you guys picked. Homecoming. Oh, homecoming. You gave us two. Homecoming. Oh, Homecoming, yeah. I just got the new Jayhawks uh, album. I still call them albums. And uh, it's really, really good. I think the Jayhawks are tremendously, criminally underappreciated. Uh, even here, where I think we've just taken them for granted because they've been around for so long. But... Um, but this uh, this song is something where the lyrics really hit me, and it um, I, I like to consider it an apology from the baby boomer generation to everybody else out there because it gets into a lot of the things that we've wrecked and and done wrong, and that should be better. And I hope you know somebody down the line from us can can fix it. So on behalf of boomers everywhere, okay. I apologize. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Bill. Bill. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Homecoming right. by the Jayhawks.
Oh, man, that was Homecoming by the Jayhawks. Another great pick from Bill Hillsman, our guest today. That was awesome. On the Brian Oak Show. Yeah, that's right. On the Brian Oak Show. Who am I? I'm not Brian Oak. I'm Colin Cruz. Filling in for Brian Oak because he has terrible, terrible, terrible foot fungus. Speaking of foot fungus. Yeah. No, I can't go right into an advertiser saying that. No, you can't. <laughs> you cannot do that. Don't ever go to Buster's on 28th if you have contagious, contagious foot fungus. No. Uh, Buster's on 28th. They now have, uh, not only do they do curbside to go, uh, but they have a new online order system. <gasps> so you don't have to sit on the phone with somebody and spit out your order. And you can sit there and do six other things while you're ordering your Cubano and everything else, or Cubano, as some people call it. I have heard uh, about the Cubanos. Their food is so fantastic there without being pretentious. I don't do well with pretentious. You, you've known me for a long time. Right. Um, but it's just so tasty. It's a great family-owned shop uh, on 40, uh, well, Buster's on 28th, but it's also on 42nd Street mm-hmm. uh, as well, uh, over by St. Mains over there. And just fantastic. They've been a great supporter of the show. Um Look them up, bustersontwentyeighth.com. I'm going to order a Cubano from the online thing before I leave here today. It's so, so tasty. And Mm. then you can do a review Mm -hmm. uh, the next show we do. Darren Tootin. That'll be great. Mm -hmm. That'll be just great. Terrific. (laughs) It's Ward Johnson from the Parkway Theater. Hi, Ward. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. uh, Are you socially distancing, Ward? I am. I am uh, actually on the North Shore right now in Grand Marais, oh. so I am oh my about gosh. as socially distant as possible. Are you just? Are you out in a boat somewhere, just like contemplating life? No, I wish I was on a boat. No, I'm. A, I'm in a cabin. Oh, I'm in okay. A cabin in the woods. Like All right. Ted Kaczynski, right now. Oh, that's great. So tell me about your manifesto. I'm a manifesto. Yeah. Do you have a manifesto for the Parkway Theater? You just now. You're a recent, recently, like a new owner of the Parkway Theater, and newish. I mean, within like the last couple of years. couple right? years, right? Yeah. So uh, I have a business partner, Eddie Landenberger, and we purchased the Parkway. Actually, we closed on it Valentine's Day 2018. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there was a lot of construction and remodeling going on. And we reopened in, uh, I believe it was September 13th of 2018. Wow. Okay. So, and I know that the Parkway has been just, uh, it's really amped up after your takeover like for live events and really interesting stuff like you've had um uh cinematic titanic there a few times right with the mystery science theater crew and uh and i know that you're a big booster of local talent is what i'm saying right and how is that going in the you know the time of covid that we're all living in right now what is it like to have a live music venue during that time it was it was going great Mm-hmm. Um, the parkway had, we had a lot of momentum going and we were uh, really happy with the way things were going as far as all the, the different live acts that we were bringing in and live music and spoken word and comedy and everything. And then just, um, uh, March 13th was our last event. And I think we thought we'd probably be down for, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, worst case scenario, but boy, it's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it has not been good to be a venue owner. Uh, in the age of COVID, there's really no sign. At, at this point, we are technically allowed to be open at 25%. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's for us, that's just that's not enough for us to be able to 
make a profit and and also at the same time we just don't feel like it's the responsible thing to do to reopen right now put our employees and 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 guests and performers at risk and and all in the name of you know losing money so (laughs) at this point we're we're kind of uh we're we're dead in the water until we hear something else or you know until we see a a vaccine or uh some kind of miracle treatment for COVID 19. yeah like well we're all in the same boat you know, there's 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 yeah. businesses across the. But what I'm what I'm getting at right now is that you're finding you're finding new ways to pivot because you've got an event coming up this weekend that's really exciting to me because it's going to highlight one of my favorite new bands, Turn Turn Turn. It's a new Adam Levy project. Yeah. Well, not really new. They've been around now for. I mean, I say new. Listen, listen, Ward Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I am a 52 uh, year old lady, and new is like anything in the last five years to me. Oh, I, you're you're way ahead of me. I'm like, hey, Dick, have you heard that new Green Day? <laughs> okay, you know, all right, good. Just picked up the Dookie album. <laughs> while they're qualified for the Hall of Fame, and right. I'm, I'm just discovering them. So yeah, you're, right, right. You're not alone so, so I am I'm connected to a couple of the members of Turn 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 via Facebook, and they just had this song come out, and I I believe they did the video after COVID, so it, it was really interesting, but the song is fantastic, and Turn 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 is going to be at the Parkway doing a live stream event this weekend. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, this Saturday, so we're pretty excited about this, and, and you know, I mean, early on in COVID-19, there was a lot of people, and still is, a lot of people live streaming from their homes and their living room, and mm-hmm. um, we're really, what we tried to do, we took our time with this and really tried to find the right production crew and get everything dialed in perfectly so that the idea is that as opposed to, you know, a live stream from someone's home, this feels like you're at the parkway, you know, it's <sighs> multiple cameras and, and professional lighting and, you know, it should feel like you're watching Austin, Austin City, City Limits. limits or, yeah, yeah, that's or, exactly what this should you know, be. And like, uh, you could do it for VH1 everything. Storytellers yeah. for, for me dating myself, which I don't think <laughs> do that anymore. We're right but. there with you. We're right there with you. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I mean, I, your your commitment to the local artists, you know, of all of all practices, spoken word and storytelling and and um, you know, poetry and 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 music is just uh, it's a real. I, are you from Minnesota? Yes, I'm. I'm originally from Minnesota, born and raised, and uh, and I actually live in the neighborhood. So okay. that was kind of you know one of the that was kind of the impetus of buying the theater was that you know we could see that this thing was going to get probably turned into an office building or a condominium or something like that, and we looked at it and said, hey, I think I think this thing could actually be a successful venue for not only oh. classic cinema, which we do used to do we will again yeah. uh one night a week but also you know a, a legitimate live music venue and so we really kind of embrace this idea of as the of the parkway as a listening room right. so it's not you know it's not the same experience you're going to get at a different venue it's not a place where you're going to be bumping into people and it's it's very that the the music the sound is crisp it's a little bit on the quieter side you know you can hear the performers and you can hear what they're talking about in between their songs. It really does have that kind of storyteller vibe to yeah. it when you see a performance there. And, and we really wanted to kind of embrace that. Like this is a place where you can put your coat in your seat and you can go get a drink and you're comfortable and, um, and you can really, 
hear what you came there to listen to. Ah, fantastic. See, that is my favorite kind of place. I've performed at the Parkway. I'm not sure that I performed there when you had it, but uh, I'm. it did have, you know, it, it's a historical structure, right? You know, or I mean, maybe it's not yeah. on the historic you know, register or whatever, it should but be. it should be, that's right. That's right. And there were already some, some wonderful updates going on. And so I can only imagine uh, what is happening now. And, and if you are interested, the people that are listening, all you got to do, where do you got to go to, uh, to, to get on this we live go to our stream? website, mm-hmm. the com, or just parkwaytheater.com. And you will see a link there for our show on July 18th with turn, turn, turn. Um, and then next week, the following Saturday, we've got Bluegrass with Becky Schlegel and High 48s. And so we're going to keep this series going. We've got another big surprise we're going to be announcing soon. We can't announce it yet. But, uh, you know, we're really going to try to embrace this live stream thing for now. And hopefully, as we move into fall and people are moving indoors, you know, this will give people an option for getting a little bit of that, that, uh, get scratched for live music. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, a lot of my live performance friends that are, you know, the the audience members that I know are, they, they are, the fans are, you know, kind of waiting for an appointment. You know, they used itching. to go out. Right, yeah. they're itching for something to, to, to go out and see. And it, how great is this that you're, you are creating a local Austin City Limits right now. And you, it could be very cool to have appointment viewing right in your own home. Absolutely. We're, we'll, be, we'll be linking from our uh, website as well as uh, our social media. We're pushing this out to our Patreon members as well, uh, the people that listen to The Brian Oak Show. So we're fully on board with this. I've spoken with Jessica Paxton at your office. I've known Craig Anderson for years who works for you as well. Great people. And, uh, you know, Brian Oak has had a long relationship with uh, Jessica Paxton as well. So we'd love to uh, continue to promote you guys and what you're doing. We can't can't tell you how much we appreciate you sticking around and gutting it out through this tough time to to keep the uh, you know the live music and the different artistic things that you do at uh, the Parkway Theater. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I actually Jessica and I go back. I bet even farther. Oh really? Guys. Oh really? That's funny. Yeah, she's, is she a neighborhood uh, person too? <laughs> she's my sister. So. Ah! Oh, I've known her forever. I don't think I knew that. That's pretty oh, funny. What's it like working with somebody that used to give you noogies? Yeah, you have to ask her what's it like working for your younger brother. Okay. Oh, now <laughs> it comes out. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. And she lives down in Northfield but, most of the time, right? But, yeah, she's a DJ down in Northfield. So, oh. yeah, the tables the tables have turned definitely. <laughs> Very cool. That's that's I'm payback is sweet. <laughs> nice. All right. Thank you so much, Ward Johnson from uh, Parkway Theater. And you're going to want to check that out. You can go to thebryanoakshow.com and you can also go to the Parkway Theater and you can see Turn, Turn, Turn. And uh, there, it's going to be a regular thing going on every Saturday live at the Parkway Theater. Right now, Turn, Turn, Turn's Cold Hard Truth.
Fabulous. All right. Well, I get that. That's it you for today, it. right? You made I it. Made you it. made it through the first show. These are going to get better. Getting your sea legs. I swear to God, these know, are going to get better. We landed the plane. We did. <laughs> we did. The, the gear went down and it's done now. Brian, I hope your toe fungus gets better. I know. All right. <laughs> Thinking about your toe. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs>